Lord, we th- thank you so much for your amazing goodness to us, Lord. Thank you that we, we uh, that you've given us your words. Thank you for uh, uh, the scriptures, Lord. Thank you that uh, that, you, that you speak to us even today. And um, Holy Spirit, would you would you come now? Would you would you speak to our hearts? Would you speak to our minds? Would you speak to our lives, Lord? Just as I, I prayed for the for the children, Lord, that we would en- encounter you. Today, Jesus. Amen. So I don't have a don't have a PowerPoint today, um, but if you have if you have a Bible handy or uh, either you know a, or an app or a real one, um, real one they're both real, and um, that's what we we'll, um, so we're going to do. Luke at chapter five. As well, we'll be landing, so you can put your finger in there. So I got two. I got two stories of two guys with two names, <laughs> and we've been we've been tracking, we've been journeying through uh, Luke's gospel, and and today zooming in into chapter five, where where Jesus encounters these these two men. Uh, one is Simon, who Jesus gives the name uh, Peter, and then there's Levi. As, as Matthew. Um, before I continue though, I really want to thank, it's been a while since I preached actually, and I really want to thank um, um, people who've been preaching over the last, last few weeks. It's, uh, it's a lot of work, but, um, but yeah, thank you, for, thank you for doing that. Uh, I've, been, I've been finding it really, really refreshing, eh? Just like sit back and, and hear what God has to say through other people. So cool. So um, as, as a bit of background, we've been, we've been tracking through Luke's gospel and, and thinking through, uh, thinking especially through this lens of um, uh, Walking the walk, or, or seeing what Jesus says and what, what Jesus does, and, and how we can align our lives with Jesus. Jesus and and Gospel of John. Jesus says, "I am the way, the truth, and the life." So we, we can look at Him and we can see what He says and what He does. Um, but we can also look at the people the people around Him, uh, and how they and how they change as a result of encountering Jesus. Because you look at the Gospels and, um, and these stories of God and, and there's so many people and their lives are just like radically, radically tra- uh, transformed. Their lives just, just aren't the same anymore. They, after, you know, after meeting Jesus, they now have, have hope and, and purpose and joy and boldness and, and so much more. And it's like they've been, they've been changed at a, at, a, at a fundamental level, you know, like a cellular or, or molecular level. It's at a spiritual level. And, and it's, so the two people that we're going to look at today, Simon and, and Levi, Simon Peter and Levi Matthew, if you want to call them that, uh, they're like this. But, but first of all, we go back to Luke, Luke chapter 4. Uh, Jesus has been, been in his hometown, his town uh, of Nazareth, and, and he was preaching at his church uh, down the road, the synagogue, and, and he shocked everybody with what he said. Like he shocked them so much that they tried to kill him. <laughs> that would have been stink, eh? It's like right at the start of his start of his ministry. But anyway, he, he said this. He said that the Lord had anointed him to bring good news to the poor, to proclaim that the captives will be released, uh, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favour has come. And, and so he says all this, and he goes like, "This is this is being fulfilled now." And, and the people are shocked and they're like, "Whatever, you're just you're just Jesus from down the road." And so they try to try to kill him. And there's like this; it's a real understated moment where he somehow escapes being killed at that point. Uh, and then and then he goes about proving what he said. 
So he goes to another town and he, and he sets a man free from demonic oppression. And there's a woman, uh, a lady who's, who's sick with a high fever and Jesus just rebukes the fever and she's healed. And there's all these other people who are healed and set free from demons. And, he, and he's telling people about the good news of the kingdom of God. And when you read these stories, you see how, how, how people are like flocking to flocking to hear him, flocking to be near him. Like there's crowds of people that are just drawn to what he's saying and doing. And, and they might not realise it. And in fact, I don't think they did realise it, but he is God in the flesh. Jesus is God in the flesh, God revealed to us. Jesus is God's Word. And so he, he really does have the good news. Uh, and, and that line that he said where he said that the time of the Lord's favour has, has come, it's true, it's true. I was reading uh, John, John 6 this morning and, and there's this verse that just stood out to me in uh, John 6, oh, sorry, John 5, 36, where, where Jesus says, uh, the Father gave me these works to accomplish, to accomplish and they prove that He sent me. The, the, the things that Jesus did, like there's what He said, but there's what He did proves that He's, he's from the Father. They prove who He is. And they prove that the time of the Lord's favour has come. You, you might have uh, you might have a favourite. I was gonna say, I was gonna make this awful joke about you know having your favourite child, but um, <laughs> it turns out that's quite inappropriate. So we're not gonna go there. <laughs> we're not gonna go there. <laughs> Is it a sensitive issue, Nicholas? <laughs> He's my older brother, so you can draw your own conclusions. Anyway, so you might have a favourite, and so you know it might be a child, but it's probably not good to have a favourite child. Uh, it might be a favourite favourite writer. It might be a favourite musician, or um, you know a favourite a favourite sports person. And so you know you might think of that, be thinking of that person right now, and, and like thinking about how how you feel about that person. Um, I mean, what would it be like if that, if that person turned up to your house unannounced or uninvited this afternoon and they, and they, they just turn up on your door and they want, to, they want to come in for a cup of tea? You know, it's a bit different than somebody who's knocking on your door asking for money. This is like your favourite person. One of my favourite um, favorite musicians um, is, a, is a guy called... Um, I like is a guy called Sufjan Stevens, who you might have heard of. And I used to, I used to, used to think, oh, wouldn't it be awesome to have Sufjan Stevens coming and playing at, your, at my wedding? Yeah, I never asked him and he never did. So anyway, um, you, you have, like if somebody, you know, if your favourite person arrives at your house, then you're going to go, oh, you're probably actually going to play it quite cool. Eh? You go, oh, you know, do you want to come in for a cup of coffee, Sufjan or whoever it is in your situation? No, you, you're going to go, you're going to be trying to get that person to come and, come and hang out with you, eh? And, and the word uh, favourite comes from favour. Favour. And it has the meaning of, of liking somebody, liking someone or something. You, you approve of them or whatever it is. You, you support them. The, the Greek word in the New Testament where, where it talks about the Lord's favour, the Greek word is dekton. And it means accepted or acceptable. Jesus said that the time of the Lord's favour has come. The Amplified Bible puts it like this. The time when salvation and the favour of God abound greatly. Or, or the Passion Translation says, the time of God's great acceptance has begun. Oh, I really like that. The time of God's great acceptance. Because God looks with favour on us. It's like each of us are God's favourites. If we turn up at God's house and we, you know, we haven't been invited and we turn up unannounced, He'll, he'll invite us in straight away. He's like, yes, my favourite has arrived. We're accepted. 
And I, and I think that when people encounter Jesus, even though they might not have realised his divine status, that he's, that he's God, that he's the Son of God, there was something within them that was, that was drawn to them. Maybe they couldn't even name it. There was something in them that, that resonated and they were drawn to him. And it's because they were being drawn to God and they're being drawn to God's acceptance. Like maybe they had this idea that God didn't accept them, that God didn't love them. But in Jesus, they're, they're discovering, oh, like God accepts me for who I am. God loves me. We uh, just had um, my brother and uh, sister-in-law staying with us and they've got a little baby and, um, and, uh, and she's waking up quite a lot in the night. And so, you know, they have a hard night. And I was, you know, I was going <laughs> to, have you ever had a hard night? I mean, they had a hard night. I know they had a hard night last time. And, and so some of you might have, a, have, have had a hard night recently. Well, in, in John 5, there's a bunch of, there's a bunch of fishermen, uh, Simon and, and Andrew and James and John, and they've had a hard night because they've been fishing. They've been out on the Sea of Galilee fishing all night and they didn't catch anything. And this, was their, this is their livelihood. Like this is their income. So if you go out fishing all night and that's your job, that's where you're going to get your income, that's where you're going to get your food from and you have nothing to show for it. Like this is, this is a hard night out, eh? You're going to get home, your family's going to go, where's the fish? And you're going to go, oh, sorry, no fish today. And their wives will go, back to work then. Now it was a hard night and it had serious ramifications, eh? But, but, these, but these fishermen, they'd been, they'd been hearing, about, hearing about Jesus and they'd be hearing about Jesus and they were pretty interested in him. So, so when Jesus um, arrives to town, like they've been out all night. <laughs> they've been out all night. Then Jesus comes and he, and, he, and he goes to the beach. I mean, it's a setup, isn't it? They've been out fishing all night on the, on the Sea of Galilee. He arrives, he starts preaching on the beach. And, um, and instead of going home and going to bed, they stay and they, and they listen to what he's got to say. They're interested in him. And, and Jesus, sees, Jesus sees them and he, and he sees their boats. He's like, here we go. And he, and he, and he asks to get in their boats. And, to, and so <laughs> I would have loved to have been there. He stands in their boats and he's preaching to the, to the crowd of people um, who are on the beach. And then he preaches and he preaches a great message, uh, as Jesus does. And, and, then, uh, and then he wants to go fishing. I mean, poor, these poor guys, eh? They've been up all night fishing, haven't caught, a, haven't caught a thing. And here's this guy, he wants to go, he wants to go fishing. And they're like, come on, man. Anyway, so I just want to read, uh, read it. This is uh, Luke, Luke 5, Luke 5, verse 4. That's uh, John on that page. I'm going to read it on this one here. Luke 5, verse 4. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Now go out where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Master, Simon replied, we worked hard all night. We worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. In other words, don't want to go, right? <laughs> but if you say so, I'll let the nets out again. And this time their nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat. And soon afterwards, and soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. When Simon Peter realised what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh Lord, please leave me. I'm such a sinful man. So I mentioned before about, about Jesus, how, how when he was in his hometown of Nazareth, he made this proclamation about how he's come to bring good news for the poor. 
Now, these guys have been out fishing all night long and they've caught nothing. But, but Jesus is the good news. He's the good news for them. And He completely changes the situation. Now they have too many fish. Uh, this is classic God maths. Do you know about God maths? <laughs> God maths is where, where God plus nothing equals everything. Whereas everything, everything without God equals nothing. This is God maths. And, and I just want to pause in this spot because some of you have, have been having a hard night. And, and I know some, have, some people have, have literally been having hard nights. The nights have been hard, like, you know, like for Amy and Matt, who we had staying with us. Sleep, I know many of you struggle with sleep. And there's been other, other ways that nights have been especially hard. Um, or maybe it's been like your job's been challenging. Or maybe, you know, like these fishermen, you've been, you've been trying to catch fish uh, in whatever way it is. You know, that's a, sim- a symbol for something. But you're not catching anything. You know, we prayed for, you know, we talked before about looking for jobs. And, and I know that um, people are looking for jobs. I know that people have been having, having a season that's been, a, been oppression and been oppressive and hard. We, we prayed about that before. But, but, I, I, but I felt when I was preparing this that this would be an awesome time just to, to pause and to remember that, that God plus nothing is everything. And when Jesus turns up in your boat, then He's going to provide for you. So let's just pray. Lord Jesus, we, we pray, Lord, that I pray, Lord, that you'd come and you'd, you'd encounter us, Lord, where we're in, in situations that have been hard, Lord, where our incomes have been hit, where we don't know where the next job is going to come from, or, Lord, where the nights have been hard, Lord, where we've been unable to sleep. Whatever it is, Lord, would you, would you come into those situations, Lord Jesus? And would you turn that completely upside down? Would you invert that, Lord? And would you provide? Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, upon, upon all your sons and daughters, people who are here this morning or people that are watching at home. Would you bring it about, Lord? Just as you did for, for Simon and uh, Andrew and James and John 2,000 years ago. We bless you, Lord. Such a good story, eh? So, and so Simon, I, I love to say, so Simon, Simon, he, he goes, you know, all his fish turn up and, he, and the ego, he, he falls down on his knees. He's like, Lord, leave me, <laughs> go away. I'm a sinful man, I'm a sinful man. So at, the, at this moment, sorry, I'm getting kind of yelly, eh? It's been because I haven't preached for four weeks. Like, oh, it's all coming out loud. Um, sorry, I'll quiet down. No, it's, you know, he's, he's like... He's like, he's just like realising the goodness of God. And it's not about the fish anymore because he, he's, encountering, he's encountering God and, and he, he's seen Jesus before. He's seen Jesus, um, but maybe he's seen Jesus just as this ordinary man, just like an everyday guy. But now he's seeing Jesus quite differently. He's like, Lord. And it hits him like a, hits him like a ton of bricks, eh? and, he's, and he's on his knees. Leave me. And this, this reminded me of uh, like way back in, in the book of Isaiah, in the Old Testament book of Isaiah, Isaiah, Isaiah is a prophet. And he, and he has this vision, it's chapter 6, and he says, he says this, I saw the Lord. He was, he was sitting on a lofty throne and the train of His robe filled the temple. And, and then Isaiah says that he, he is wrecked. 
And he cries out, it is all over. I am doomed for I am a sinful man. I have filthy lips and I live among a people with filthy lips. Welcome to Wellington. (laughs) I have filthy lips and I live among a people with filthy lips. Yet I have seen the King, the Lord of the heaven's armies. I am doomed. It's all over, right? It's like serious stuff. Serious stuff, and it's like because it's because God is God is holy. God is God is God is the definition of holiness. God is pure. He's He's infinitely powerful and pure. And so when Isaiah sees God, he realizes how far he falls short of of who God is. And and it's like, oh man, I feel sorry for him. It would be horrible because everything he's done wrong, and not just not just his own the things that he's done wrong, but but all the things of the nation of Israel uh, is done wrong. And he's like, oh my goodness, and it all comes into stark contrast because he's you know in this amazing light of God, the blazing light of God's holiness. But then there's this like really really beautiful moment, like this this incredible moment of. Um, of, of God's love. So God is not only God, God is not only pure and, and infinitely powerful and holy, he's, he's also incredibly merciful. He's also incredibly loving. And so Isaiah cries up, I got filthy lips. And then this angel, a, 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 seraph, a seraphim, takes, uh, takes a coal, it takes a burning coal from the altar. And he brings it over and he, and he touches it to Isaiah's lips. And he says, see, this, this coal has touched your lips. Now your guilt is removed and your sins are forgiven. Which sounds painful, <laughs> but amazing, right? All your guilt is removed. Your sins are forgiven. And, and I think that when, when Simon catches this glimpse of who Jesus is, he's undone like Isaiah and he falls down on his knees. Like, Please leave me. I'm such a sinful man. Like now it's difficult for me to be in the presence, in your presence, Jesus. But, but here it's real interesting, eh? Because Jesus doesn't go, oh no, you're all good, man. You're all good. And it's the same for Isaiah. Instead, instead, the Lord does accept them, but he, but he forgives them and He makes a way to deal with their guilt. He forgives them and He cleanses them. And I, I like to imagine that that burning coal that Isaiah, that touched Isaiah's lips, uh, it represents Jesus. Because Jesus is the only way that we can be, be, that we, we can be forgiven and cleansed, like completely set free. So for Isaiah... Once his guilt had been removed and, and, his sins forgi- and his sin is forgiven, he's now free, incredibly free. And so then the Lord asks this question and he goes, who's going to be a messenger to go to, to my people? And, uh, you know, this massive contrast. So instead of Isaiah saying, I'm a dead man, instead Isaiah puts his hand up and goes, here I am. I've just been cleansed. I've just been set free. Here I am, send me. And he becomes like this amazing prophet in the Old, in the Old Testament. Uh, so for Simon, it's, it's similar. I, you know, one moment, Jesus, leave me. I'm a sinful man. But instead, Jesus doesn't leave him. Instead, Jesus invites, invites Simon to come on, a, come on the mission, come on the Jesus mission, eh? He says this, he says, don't be afraid. From now on, man, listen to that wind. Actually, I was just going to say, like, when you're leaving, be real careful of the doors, eh? Like that door at the, st- at the top of the stairwell, like it catches the wind and it would be pretty um, gory if someone lost an arm in there. <laughs> anyway, uh, don't do that, but <laughs> keep your arms. 
Is there a doctor in the house? Eh? <laughs> yeah, well, you're not the right kind. <laughs> Agnes will sort it out. <laughs> you don't die. <laughs> oh, pause, eh? Oh. I'm getting um, laughing cramps. Um, it's a thing. Anyway, where are we up to? So, so uh, don't be afraid. So Jesus says to, to, to Simon, he goes, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. Which is pretty cool, eh? So cool. And there's, so, so Simon and, and, and these other guys, Simon and Andrew and James and John, they, they, they leave everything behind and they, and they follow Jesus. They threw themselves in and head first to what Jesus was doing, following Jesus, fishing for people, which, which are, you know, is like telling other people about Jesus and inviting them to come and meet Jesus and, and to tell them how, tell other people how they can have eternal life with God. And later on, Jesus actually gives uh, Simon a, a new name, Peter, meaning rock, and a, and a new name. I, I mean, I, when I got married, I didn't have to change my name, but, but Tessa um, t- decided to take on, you know, my surname. Baby, and, a, and a, a new name represents a new, a new start, a new, a new season, a new identity. Simon, so Jesus gives Simon a new name, Peter, and it's like, this is who you are. This is who you are now. Like this is this was your past, but I'm your future kind of thing. So sometimes we might feel like often, <laughs> like like Simon or, or like Isaiah, like we're we're not good enough, or or what we've done this morning, <laughs> or in our past, disqualifies us from, from the call of God. I, th- I think uh, like shame and, and guilt can actually sit really heavily on our shoulders, uncomfortably on our, ho- on our shoulders. And, and then we have, this, we have a perspective that actually makes it really difficult to take even the smallest step towards Jesus or, or towards uh, what He has, has for us. But the reality is, the truth is, the invitation of Jesus comes with forgiveness. It comes with, it comes with cleansing. It comes with um, freedom. And it comes with a new identity to be, be, be part of His family. I love that we sang that song uh, this morning about the, the forgiveness in Jesus' hands because Jesus reaches out His hands to us. We sang the song about the, the holes in Jesus' hands. I mean, When Jesus reaches out hands, His hand to us, He has these holes in His hands and so when he takes hold of our hands, it's like there's forgiveness right there, right there in that handshake. The, f- the forgiveness from uh, what he did on the cross, his, his hands have the wounds from the cross where he defeated sin and death. Our sin and death, my past dealt with, your past dealt with. So there's this moment of repentance where we go, Jesus, I believe in who you are and I want to leave that stuff behind. And we take hold of his hand, take hold of both of his hands. Uh, Revelation and Revelation two seventeen is one of my favorite favorite verses uh, for a long time. Jesus promises that he'll he'll uh, give a white stone with a new name engraved on it that no one understands except the one who receives it. So he gives us a, a white stone with a new name. The white stone and the new name is a gift to people who who overcome. It says, "For if you overcome, for the you know, for the people who have overcomers, for the people who are victorious, for the people who are conquerors." But the only way we can be any of those things is actually by taking hold of Jesus' hands, taking hold of His forgiveness and His invitation, and then we get this new name. 
You don't know my new name. I don't even know my new name yet. <laughs> it's a good one. It's the best one. No, yours is the best too, because you're one of God's favourites. Yeah. And no one is ruled out. No one is ruled out, ever. The Bible is full of people that should be ruled out, but they're not ruled out. Later, so later in the same chapter, Jesus is heading out of town and, and back in the day, there would be these tax collector's booths on the road. And so travellers, they'd walk past the, the booth and, and the tax collector would, would yell out and go, come on, man, come and pay your taxes. And so there were these booths set up and, um, and the tax went to the Roman, the Roman occupiers because remember, like, Israel was, was uh, not their own land. They were under Roman occupation. These tax collectors, they, they might have been they might have been Hebrews and they and they are demanding tax, but the tax is going to the Romans. And so tax collectors, they weren't they weren't, you know, well respected in society. They weren't people, they, they weren't the people that everyone would go, yeah, man, I want to be a tax collector. They weren't well loved or they weren't respected. They were seen as, as collaborators. They were seen as the ones that were collaborating with the enemy. They symbolized the Roman occupation. And so Jesus heads out of town and there's a, he goes past the tax collector's booth and there's a, a tax collector called Levi. Uh, Levi, so he's, he's probably from the tribe of Levi. And if you know anything about uh, the tribe of Levi, they were, they were the worshippers, eh? The tribe, they were the Levites. They were the ones that, that uh, God had, had said you're, you're to serve, you know, they were called out to serve in God's temple, uh, to, to worship and to serve the nation. But here he is. <laughs> he's sold out, isn't he? And now he's serving the Romans, making money for himself, collecting taxes for the enemy. Like surely, surely this rules him out. But instead, like Jesus walks past, past that booth and he, and he notices something about Levi. He sees something else. Because, you know, God always looks at the heart. And he sees Levi and he, and, he, and he says, he just says simply, follow me and be my disciple. Oh man, it's like, this, it's like the smallest sentence. Follow me and be, be my disciple. And it's, it's amazing. What does Levi do? He does. He, he leaves everything behind. He like, I don't know, he jumps out of that booth or whatever it looks like and he, and he runs and he, and he follows Jesus, leaving everything behind. I, I imagine that in this moment, he's suddenly realising that God loves him. Like, you know, he saw before, talked before about the favour of God, the acceptance of God, how Jesus is God in the flesh. It's like, oh man, God loves me. And, and, there, and there's this invitation to, that calls him out of his past. Maybe he didn't enjoy being a tax collector very much after all. He's called out of his past. He's called out of his sin. He's called out of his shame. He's called out of his guilt. And he's running over after Jesus and he's just leaving all of that behind, all his baggage behind. And, oh man, this guy is so awesome. Levi is so awesome. So the first thing he does <laughs> is put on a party and he invites all his, all his friends and his friends happen to include other tax collectors. And he puts on this party and he invites Jesus because he wants all his, all his buddies and his other tax collectors to meet Jesus. Somehow, I don't know how, but the, some Pharisees got invited too, so they come along and they are shocked. They are shocked because Pharisees knew what a Jew, good Jew was meant to do and what, they, what they're meant to do is not have, not have dinner, not have a meal with people like, uh, like, like Levi or the tax collectors. Having a meal meant social acceptance. It, but Jesus, here Jesus is, having a meal with Matthew, with Levi, he's not, uh, oh, sorry, here's, here's Matthew. Having a meal 
with them? Does Jesus really accept them? You know, being in the same house, let alone eating with these people, would be defiling for a, for a good Jew, for a devout Jew. But defiling for, would it be defiling for Jesus? Instead of being defiled, instead of being defiled, Jesus cleanses sinners who respond to his invitation. And so the Pharisees, they get annoyed and they go, Jesus, what are you up to, man? Like having, having, uh, having dinner with these guys. And, and he goes, nah, I'm the doctor. He says this, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. I have, I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners and need to repent. These, these are the poor that Jesus had good news for. Remember, I've got good news for the poor. People like Matthew, people like Levi, people like Simon. Blessed are the poor, it says uh, later on in, uh, in Gospel of Luke. And so I just want to read these, these notes um, from, from my study Bible. It says this, The blessings Jesus offers are for the have-nots of the earth, people who are deprived or impoverished spiritually, physically, or both. They are starving for bread. They are starving for spirit. They miss God. They miss His love and His truth. They are homesick. Their hearts are broken in a world captivated by fossil fuels and plastic and trophies and violence and celebrities. But their anguish will not be endless. There will be a day when their stomachs and spirits are filled, when the tears will dry on their skin. Levi. Levi is also, also called Matthew. So Matthew also wrote the first, first book right, of the New Testament. He's an absolute, absolute hero of the faith. I, I love it how the first thing he does is, is invite people to meet Jesus. Like straight away, he's fishing, fishing for people, leading them to Jesus. And then, and then through his writing, he, he continues to fish, pe- fish for people. You know? He continues to lead people to Jesus today. We, we've got the Gospel of uh, Matthew that we read and it speaks to us today. Matthew speaks to us. This tax collector speaks to us today. He's one of the so-called four evangelists, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. And I reckon we can learn a thing or two from this man about inviting people to Jesus. Uh, the other day I was uh, listening to um, the Lectio 365 and, and there was a story about the evangelist D.L. Moody. And, and it says, this. Throughout his life, Moody kept a list of 100 people who weren't Christians and he prayed for them every single day. When one chose to follow Jesus, Moody would tick them off his list and continue to persistently pray for the rest. On the day he died, 96 had become Christians. And incredibly, at his funeral, the final four chose to follow Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Challenging, eh? But God is so cool. And I think this is what I think this is what God wanted to remind us today is that the good news that Jesus came to announce is, is for everyone. It's it's for us, it's for others, it's for everybody. Being poor wasn't just about money, it could be social status, it could, you know, you, you see the people Jesus Jesus spends time with women, children, sick, people on the margins. It could also be people who had money, like, like Matthew, like others. 
Simon the fisherman. Simon, uh, Jesus is here, was here, was there for them. And Jesus is here for us. Jesus is here for the people we know as well. Because nobody is beyond the realms of God's love or beyond God's invitation or beyond the realms of God's acceptance. People we know. People that we might think are far from God. Family, friends, people who are impoverished spiritually. I wonder if like, there's people that are actually coming to, coming to mind right now, people that you know. You just imagine, imagine what it would be like if they came to know Jesus. Imagine like the, the transformation of their lives, like the transformation of, of, you know, of Peter and, and Matthew and, and your own life if you know Jesus. Individuals transformed, uh, families transformed, generations, legacies transformed. 2,000 years later, right, we're here today because of the transformation that happened in, in the lives of people like Simon Peter and, and Levi Matthew. Right? Yeah. This is the time of the Lord's favour. He welcomes, He accepts, He looks upon us with favour. We are God's favourites. And this is why people like Simon and, and Levi, like they left everything to follow Him. And, and Jesus took that offering of their lives and, and He transformed them, eh? When, uh, when I was praying, we're praying about this morning, I just felt like the Lord just, it's always the same. He goes, just tell, tell them that I love them. So I just want to tell you, God loves you. When you're knocking on His door, He's not saying, go away. <laughs> He's saying, come in, my favourite is here. Come in. So do you want to, do you want to stand and we'll, we'll pray? Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you, you reveal God to us, that you reveal truth to us, and that you, uh, you bless us with the love of God. And so right now, Holy Spirit, I uh, invite you to come and uh, release love, the, the love of God in our hearts. That you would uh, you'd speak God's love to our hearts, that you'd speak God's acceptance to our hearts, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Lord, would you would you shift our our, our perspective, God, where uh, where where our past haunts us, or where our guilt is like sitting heavily on our shoulders? Lord, help us to take hold of hold of Your hand and, and to repent and, and to come and to come into Your embrace, where that is all uh, all forgiven, <laughs> all forgiven. Where you speak uh, newness over us, new identity in you, Jesus. Freedom in you, Jesus. Freedom from shame, freedom from fear. Lord, you'd uh, set us free from uh, what other people might, might think about us. Lord, 
or set us free from the things that we cling so tightly to. That actually they're like holding us back from, uh, from knowing you more and, and running with you, Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit. Lord, I, I pray that also you'd help us to, to think, of the, think of the people that we know um, who don't know you, Jesus. And you'd help us, Lord, to, to pray, like D.L. Moody, to pray persistently for people that they would come, come to know you, Jesus. And maybe we can be part of that process. Maybe we can uh, invite them around to our place to talk about Jesus or invite them along to church or, or to share the love of God in other ways, Lord. Thank you, Father, for what you're doing today. I hide here under your shade. I'm held here, covered by grace. I lean in as you call me your own, my beloved. You are mine, you are mine. You are mine.